Welcome to Leadership Lessons. I'm Todd Gray, the Executive Director for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Leadership Lessons is a program where we talk to faithful leaders who are making an impact for the gospel. Welcome to Leadership Lessons. This is a weekly interview where we are learning from other Christians whom God has placed in a leadership position. Our guest today is KBC Communications Director Lawrence Smith. Lawrence grew up as a self-described Air Force brat. He has served in the communications business for more than 40 years, most of it here in Louisville. And he's actually interviewed three sitting presidents. Lawrence has been recognized both locally and nationally for professionalism in journalism. He's married to Garnetta. They have two adult children, and I can't wait to talk to him today. Our guest next week is Shane Pruitt, who is a strategist for the North American Mission Board, focusing on reaching the next generation. If there was one thing that you could do that would be good for you as a pastor, church leader, good for your church, and also good for your community, would you want to do it? If the answer is yes, then I want to invite you to attend REACH 2022 March 14th and 15th at Severance Valley Baptist Church in Elizabethtown. Here are three ways that REACH will help you personally. Number one, it'll help you to renew your evangelistic vision. Number two, it'll help you to reinforce your church's mission strategy. And number three, it's a chance to connect with other leaders. REACH costs only $10 to attend. You can register by going to kybaptist.org REACH and sign up. I hope to see you there. Well, Lawrence, welcome to Leadership Lessons, and we're in the KBC studio today, not on a Teams video meeting. Thank you for letting me interview you. I am glad to be there, although I must admit I enjoy asking questions more than answering them. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'll do my best. <laughs> that is not the case today. So you're new to Kentucky Baptist Convention. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to know the Lord. Well, uh, my father, as you said in the intro, was in the Air Force, career Air Force. He was in 22 years, so I grew up on Air Force bases all over the country and, and even all over the world. We spent a few years in Okinawa, Japan. Uh, so we moved a lot, but there was one constant. Uh, we, my, my family is a Christian family. My father and mother, both believers. And if there was one constant, it was always wherever we were, we went to church on Sunday. Sometimes it may have been the chapel on right. base or a church off base, but we always went to church. But it wasn't until my mid-twenties that, that uh, the Lord saved me. I heard a gospel message and the Lord opened my heart and I became a believer. But I had that, that training already, the understanding of the gospel. In fact, I always said my mother was kind of my first theologian. Wow. I remember coming home from, uh, from school one day talking about how, you know, we all evolved from fish and, and this is how everything started. She looked at me and said, what about Adam and Eve? And I was dumbfounded. I couldn't answer. Yeah. So that was my first encounter with the clash of worldviews, my mother <laughs> wow. asking that question. So, but, but, but to answer your question, it was in my mid-20s when I heard the gospel message, yeah. and the Lord opened my heart and, I, and saved me. Praise God for the work of your parents and a faithful yeah. mother who was prepared to answer your, your questions early on. Uh, you and Garnetta are members of Highview Baptist mm -hmm. here in Louisville. And uh, tell us about the ministries that you're involved in at your home church. Well, I, I ser currently serve as the lead deacon at okay. uh, Highview East. We have several, uh, a couple of campuses, uh, campuses. I'm at the East Campus, uh, not far from here. Right. I serve as the lead deacon there, which means I help primarily with uh, preparing the Lord's Supper and getting volunteers and, and mostly our deacons to help serve the Lord's Supper. But I also teach a, a Sunday school class. We call it a community group. 
But uh, I've been doing that full time for a couple of years now, and uh, part time. I co-taught with the with uh, a man before, but uh, my co-teacher ended up actually taking a ministry position with Highview. Oh. So I've been doing that and actually started during the pandemic. We initially met uh, by Zoom, but now we're back in person and I enjoy, enjoy uh, teaching that Sunday school class, about uh, 20, 25 men and women uh, uh, in that class. And it gives me a chance to, to study, yep. to be a shepherd to them, and I really enjoy doing that. Well, you're part of a great church, and I know your pastors value you and Garnetta and your ministry there. Uh, Lawrence, you're new to KBC, uh, your communications director for the convention. So why is why is the work that you do important to our larger our larger work? And why does how's it satisfying to you personally? Well, uh, I just enjoy the opportunity of taking 40 plus years of experience and then helping churches. Um, when we first talked about this, uh, taking this position uh, back last fall, that's yeah. how far back it goes, I remember telling you, you know, I, I'm interested, but I, I have a job, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed my job. Uh, I was working at WDRB as the right. political reporter at the time, enjoying that, but I said, I'll pray about it. Mm -hmm. That was the mistake I made. Right. <laughs> I prayed about it, and the Lord became clear that this is where he wanted me to spend this part of my career is using all the experience I've had over the years to really uh, help churches uh, communicate better and to relay information to them that would be useful to them. Well, we're grateful that you prayed about it and grateful the Lord directed your steps. In fact, we've, it's safe to say we've probably never had a new KBC employee that's received the, the accolades that you received from folks all across Kentucky, elected leaders, news professionals, and others. What was it like for you to hear, hear how folks viewed you and how they viewed your work when you were exiting the, the, the journalism role that you were in to take on this role? Well, the Lord's really been kind. I mean, all I tried to do was be the best reporter that I could be mm -hmm. and, and be the best example as a Christian that I could be. And that meant excellence, trying to do my, my job as best I could and to be as fair as I could. Uh, I've been told several times when I'm doing political reports that I can't tell what your own view is. I can't tell if you're a mm -hmm. Republican or a Democrat. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be yeah. able to present both sides of the story, let people make up their own minds. So the fact that people caught on to that and appreciated that uh, means a lot. Sure. So um, we're talking primarily to pastors, church leaders, ministry leaders. You have 40 years of communication experience. Uh, part of being a good communicator is being a good listener. Mm -hmm. So what are some top tips for being a good listener? Well, you're right. Um, being a good listener is part of being a good communicator. And I think the first part is to, to be engaged in the conversation. Um, it is easy to be distracted by your cell phone or only having so much time. And you can set time limits around a conversation if you have to, mm -hmm. but during that time you're talking to someone, be engaged, be interested, and listen carefully. Uh, in my experience doing interviews, I've discovered that sometimes the best story comes not from the question you intended to ask, sure. but from the follow-up question that came from you listening to the person. So be engaged, be focused, and be all in that conversation, try not to be too distracted by it. 
Well, and there are lots of distractions. Things pull us away all the time. You, you've also been listening to preaching then for a, a good number of years. So let's talk about the other side of communication, the speaking part, trying to communicate to a group. Um, we're talking primarily to pastors, preparing sermons every week, speaking to a crowd of 20, 50, 200, 500, 1,000 people. Uh, what are some tips for being a good communicator to a, a group of people? Well, I would never, uh, in all respect, try to tell a pastor how to preach a sermon. Right. They've been trained to do that and know how to do that. However, I've listened to lots of sermons. Sure. Um, so uh, a big thing I would say is never is don't underestimate your audience. And don't be afraid to dive deep with them. I think people really want to be able to dive deeply into Scripture. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I know me as a Sunday school teacher, and I'm sure it's the same for a pastor, sometimes they're afraid to, to dive too deeply because they're sure. afraid folks might not understand. But you'd be surprised how, how uh, anxious people are to hear the Word of God and what it means, how it can apply to their lives directly. Now, at the same time I say that, yes, dive deeply, but try to be as clear and simple. Use simple terms. Mm -hmm. Use great, explore big concepts, but try to do it in a way that, that is understandable to people, that people can relate to. I know when I did a news story, sometimes I would have to take a very complex issue, taxes, for example, or something that... I barely understood, mm -hmm. or even reporting on abortion or something right. like that, I would have to take a, a very complex subject, decide the, the best two or three aspects of this, and communicate those clearly, and then, thanks to social media and the web, direct people maybe to a website to get more information. Sure. But I try to keep it simple as possible uh, and uh, use clear, common language, but not be afraid to, to go deep with people if necessary. Now, folks who've had formal preaching training have probably had to either watch themselves on video preach or listen to themselves on some kind of recorded device. What was it like for you the first time that you watched yourself conducting an interview? What did you learn uh, from that experience? Uh, it, was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> for um, all of us. You would be surprised when, when you're preaching or speaking to someone how much posture counts. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're saying it really straight up, <laughs> and I just kind of naturally slouch a little bit, so thank you for that, Lars. Sitting up straight or standing up straight, and for example, the first, my very first political interview I recall doing was with then-Governor Julian Carroll. This was years ago in the 70s. I was scared to death, mm -hmm. but I presented myself in a way, standing up straight, looking him in the eye, asking questions, hoping he didn't hear my voice quake, but presenting yourself in a way that uh, that the butterflies in your stomach aren't as obvious. So posture is important. Um, uh, looking them in the eye is important. I, sure. I mentioned that earlier. And speaking clearly is important. All those are, are, are factors in, in communicating effectively and clearly. And when you're talking to a big crowd, don't think, boy, I'm talking to 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to one person. Right. Find that one person yeah. you're going to talk to throughout or the audience. Or in this case, I'm talking to a camera. Right. That camera is the person I'm talking to, and that's the person I'm communicating with, and not think about 
the three or four thousand, or in case in the case of TV, several hundred thousand people who sure. may be watching. Yeah, yeah, I would think it's not good to think about that crowd that's that's watching watching you. So, Lars, this question is just for probably for me only. Uh, when you're interviewing someone, you have you did all these interviews for all these years. What are some tips to getting a good interview? What are some things that you were trying to do each each time you interviewed? A politician, elected leader, um, any, any person at all. You know, in three, back three sitting presidents, mm -hmm. you interviewed. Yes, um, the the main thing that I learned is be prepared, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the thing about TV. Sometimes is you'll get an assignment, and it may be someone you never talked to before, or on a subject you've never really studied before. Fortunately, in in my world of politics, I was able to always. Um, keep track of what's going on. So the, the big thing is be prepared. Mm -hmm. And then don't be intimidated. Mm -hmm. You know, I interviewed President Trump twice, and um, it was scary, of course, whenever you go interview a sitting president. But don't be intimidated. You know, he's, the, he's a powerful person, he or she, but they're probably as afraid of you as you are of them because you, you're the one asking the questions. I think he said he was actually pleasant to be he was around. Very pleasant to be around. I only yeah. had ten minutes with him, but yeah. he was very pleasant. Uh, his notorious disdain for the media was not obvious while I was talking to him. Well, one of my favorite interviews that I saw you do was the man with the bus. I don't recall the the story about the bus. <laughs> yes. It'd be appropriate, but it was a funny interview just to watch you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a guy who was running for governor. I wish I could remember his name. His name escapes me right now. Yeah. But it was a guy who um, was running on a lark for, yeah. for governor, and his headquarters was his bus <laughs> that was parked in a uh, abandoned parking lot in Richmond, Kentucky. And I remember saying that uh, he would get on the campaign trail as soon as his bus started working. So <laughs> it was it was a funny story. I'm sure you have lots of great lots of great stories. Um, how could a what could a pastor do if they want to say I want to grow in communication? Any any tips that you would say to either interpersonal listening, whatever it would be? How could a pastor grow in that area? Uh, practice. Yeah. Practice. Practice. Um, I remember as a little kid talking into a, a tape recorder and listening to myself speak. And even after I became a professional broadcaster, uh, you get better by watching yourself, seeing your little ticks that you may have, mm -hmm. or the way you say some words, or the way you stand. So looking at yourself, recording yourself, and, and listening to yourself and watching yourself will help you become a better communicator. And then, you know, ask someone you trust, maybe your wife mm -hmm. or a good friend, you know, how did that come off? What yeah. can I do better? Those kinds of things uh, can help. And one thing I had to learn when I was uh, communicating as well is don't talk too fast. Mm. Slow down. Uh, not to the, to the point where it's it's obvious. But, I, I speak and, at one point two five speed. <laughs> I mean, I just I preach fast. Uh, but but even if you, even if you speak fast, enunciate clearly. Right. Because don't forget whether it's a news story or a sermon, they're going to hear it one time probably. Right. Yep. So you want to make sure that they get every word that you say. Oh, super helpful. So when we were interviewing you, your resume includes some training and background in crisis communication. What's important about communicating? So again, I'm thinking about pastors, ministry leaders, mm -hmm. something has happened in the church or in their place of ministry. What's important about communicating in or after a crisis? The number one thing to me is be honest. Yeah. Don't lie. Um, it's important to communicate honestly 
for example, to your church congregation. You won't be able to communicate everything, Water Ray, but communicate what you can, when you can, and be honest about it. And then make sure you do communicate because mm -hmm. if you don't, something will fill that vacuum. Usually it's, it's misinformation right. or, or gossip. So communicate, uh, be honest. Um, if you can't communicate everything at once, assure them that, hey, when I can tell you more, I will tell That's you more. That's helpful. Uh, if it's a church discipline issue, let the congregation know that the process is being followed. Yep. Or if it's a criminal issue, let them know, hey, we're cooperating with authorities. And as soon as we can tell you more, we will. But give a give assurance that this is being handled properly and you're not hiding anything. Lawrence, I've also heard how important communication is during a leadership transition. And we, we work with churches that are trying to call their next senior pastor. And those church members need to hear on a regular basis from the search committee. As you said, if they're not hearing something, they'll sometimes kind of create their own story. You're absolutely right. Uh, that's a, a critical juncture in a church's life is choosing a new leader. So it's very important that the people in the church have invested in that church uh, be informed about the process. Yeah, yeah. So you provide leadership for Kentucky Today. Tell our listeners what is Kentucky Today and why is it important to the work of the Kentucky Baptist Convention? That's a fun part of my job, being a yeah. journalist. I enjoy Kentucky Today, but Kentucky Today is a new service by the Kentucky Baptist Convention. It includes world and national news. Mm -hmm. It includes um, Baptist life news. Right because that's, that's our main audience is, is uh, men and women who are in, in churches in Kentucky, Baptist churches. So it, it includes um, commentary mm -hmm. from you and others, right. uh, an indication of you know, important issues, how we should maybe think about them. Um, but it's a, it's a news service uh, with a, a, a particularly Kentucky Baptist flavor to it. And it's on our web, we, we put it out, there's a morning, you can sign up to get what's called the morning briefing, a right. morning edition, which has a lineup of stories that you can go through in the morning before you go to work. So it's a really a service that I really enjoy being a part of. Includes state issues state as well, issues. As, well as sports. We have lots of sports, UK yes. fans who we read have, those UK we stories. U, we have UK reporter, we have a UofL reporter, and now we have a Western Kentucky, even a Murray reporter as yeah. well so go, go we racers sports. <laughs> yeah all right but um, but very important um as you know abortion is a huge issue right mm -hmm. now with we're waiting to see if roe v wade is going to be reversed um, but we have really the only reporter in the state dedicated to life issues Tessa, so I, had to, I just had to pause you just for a second give you a chance to say that one more time that, that, <laughs> so here's kentucky baptist convention yes it's a we're an organization by churches for churches to help churches That's one right. way we help churches is through reporting about issues that are happening in our state that they need to be aware of but then say what you just said one more time about about tessa and, and yeah her tessa role. redmond's her name she's the only reporter in the state dedicated solely to covering the abortion issue, the life issue. She covers Frankfurt. She is uh, connected to the pregnancy resource centers mm -hmm. uh, here in town, other and pastors here in, in, in uh, across the state. And she reports on what's being done uh, in the abortion area and the adoption area. But she's the only one in the state uh, that I'm aware of who is doing that. And she's even uh, a great reporter through an open records request, yep. a series of them was able to get information from the state 
which they did not really want to release right. about the number of abortions being performed in the states. Every so she, month. Every month she yeah. does that. And that, through her efforts, she was able to get that done. We were at a rally yesterday in Frankfurt, a Yes for Life rally. This is the constitutional amendment. It'll be amendment number two on the ballot in November. Voting. Three. No, no, no number, two. number two. That's yeah. right, number two. Um, voting about saying our Constitution does not have the give the right for abortion or the funding of abortion. And Tessa's reporting and covering that, but also mentioned um, this, I think it's House Bill House 3. Bill 3, And right. that's Nancy Tate. It's an omnibus bill. Can you just kind of summarize what that bill is, is all about? Sure. Uh, and this is one of those stories that I talked about when I was a reporter. Uh, it's so big, you couldn't really report every aspect of it. But And this omnibus means it encompasses a lot. But basically, it involves one trying to crack down on chemical abortions, right. making those harder to get. Because right now, according to Representative Tate, we have um, uh, pills coming being mailed from out of state to women here in, in Kentucky, and which induce abortions. Right. So, and often there's no doctor involved, yep. and they're very dangerous. So crack down there, and also to protect minors. Uh, there are penalties for performing abortion on minors without a parental consent. Uh, so there is also in that bill uh, a way for the courts to get involved, but we want to make sure that bill wants to make sure that minors, uh, that parents are involved in the process as well. So those are the big, the, the big things that this bill would do. Yeah. So if a church has a story that they want to tell, how should they communicate or get a hold of, get a hold of you? couple of ways. Uh, they can email me directly, lawrence.smith at kybaptist.org or info at kybaptist.org. Or you can go to the Kentucky Baptist website and there's a connect button and you can see how to connect with us. Also across the state, you know, we have uh, mission strategists and, yep. and, and, and consultants. They can go to that person that you may know personally and say, this would be a great story, and he'll tell you how to connect with us. Lawrence, it's it's such an incredible resource, and it allows Kentucky to be the the the, the state that it is for us to experience Baptist unity in our, our Baptist work. So we have a story out, I think, today on uh, Frank Stratton, pastor at Park City. Their church has had a phenomenal, this is a normative-sized church mm -hmm. in Kentucky, phenomenal Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Folks get to know Frank. Last week, I went door knocking with, with um, uh, Abram Crozier in Falmouth. We've done stories on Falmouth. Falmouth Baptist and how God's work there. So it's a great chance for all the state to get to hear what's happening in various parts of the state. So thank yeah. you for your leadership you know, there. That's that's what's neat. I mean, yes, we do this, the, the Frankfurt stories and the world and national stories that every other outlet does, right. but we do something different and that's report on what Kentucky Baptist churches are doing, what God is doing through these churches. And that's what our really enjoy because those stories don't often get told. Well, thank you for doing it. So occasionally a pastor or a church leader, a ministry leader, will find themselves on the other side of a camera, the other side of a reporter. Something has happened in their town, the tornadoes recently in west and western Kentucky, maybe a tragedy in their community or even in their in their church. What advice do you have for a pastor when he's about to be interviewed or a, a, a news outlet has requested an interview with him? Well, first of all is um, find out exactly what the story is, what kind of a story is being done here, and what perspective do you want from me? Uh, not necessarily what questions do you want to ask, although you can ask, you know, sometimes, you know, what kind of questions do you want me to answer? Uh, be clear about what the story is. Uh, then decide whether it's something you feel comfortable talking about. 
Um, I think it is important for local pastors to talk to local media uh, mm -hmm. because of the, of the authority they have and the message they can communicate right. on certain issues, whether it's a, abortion or whatever it may be. Um, so um, I, I think that's another thing that you can do is and then prepare yourself. Um, and then keep your answers short, pithy, mm -hmm. on message. Mm -hmm. Don't wander off into a long soliloquy or a long sermon. And when you have the opportunity, you know, get a quick gospel nugget in there, gospel message. Um, you can't give the entire Romans road, sure. but you can sure drop a gospel message in there that may, maybe gets left in that story. And Franklin, you may have another example of that, or Franklin, Lawrence, you may have another <laughs> example of that, of that, what you just said, but I'm thinking about Franklin Graham. Mm -hmm. uh, Franklin Graham, years ago, whenever he was interviewed, in the first 15 seconds, whether it was Fox News or MSNBC or wherever, he was gonna share the, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus. Right, and you can do that. It's easy, when you're in a live interview, that's possible yeah. to do that. It's, it's uh, uh, a little harder when you're taping something because that, that can be cut out, but put it on them to cut it out if they want to, but sure. you communicate that message, especially in a disaster situation, how much you are, are trusting the Lord, trusting His sovereignty, and how much we're preparing, in spite of this tragedy, to be the arms and legs in Christ of Christ to help this community. And several of our Kentucky Baptist pastors have been on news in the media because of the storms, the tornadoes in West Kentucky. Wes Fowler has done a great job yeah. across, in fact, he's been interviewed by National News Services. Others have as well. So thank you for that advice. So 10 years ago today, tornadoes ripped through Henryville, Indiana, right across the river from where we are right now. You uh, reported on those tornadoes. Can you tell us what that experience was like for you personally? Well, I actually be almost became part of that story as we were driving up to Henryville, um, we came off the, the entrance ramp and there was a gas station in the north and one in the south. Mm -hmm. We had to stop at one of those. We stopped at the one in the south, it was closest to us, parked our car, um, and someone came banging on the, the car door saying, you guys need to get in, inside now, take shelter now because this storm is coming. And I looked over my left shoulder and there it was coming wow. straight toward us. So we grabbed our camera and I pulled the photographer, keep rolling on this wow. no matter what happens. We got inside that gas station and the building started to shake, the lights were going on and off. We were about to jump into a large freezer to take shelter when it turned. It diverted wow. away from where we are, jumped across the street and destroyed the gas station that we almost went wow. to and continued a course, to, uh, a deadly course through Henryville. But we were almost, my photographer and I, became part of that story. Well, that had to be un un unnerving. Uh, Lawrence, you had an interesting career. Um, lots of folks have influenced your life. If you were to think about one person who's had maybe the greatest influence on you or just a person who had a great influence in the direction of your life, who, who would that be? Who comes to mind? Well, first, and this is going to sound cliche, but it's true, it's my dad. Oh, okay. My dad uh, molded us, my brothers and me, into men. Yeah. Uh, and, and laid the foundation for who we are today. A second person uh, that's not very well known is, and she's passed away now, a woman named Carol Wright, mm. who was an advisor at Eastern Kentucky University where I went to school. She took an interest in me, saw a lot of potential, and she's the one who, who arranged, helped arrange for me to get my first internship at WTVQ in Lexington 
and that is what launched my career. So she played a big role in that. And then people I'd never really met, there was a, a, the first a black anchor of a national television program, his name is Max Robinson, who's okay. passed away now. But people like that, uh, Walter Cronkite, uh, I was trying to decide kind of what, what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I knew I loved history and I loved um, social studies and, and I'd gotten involved in dramatic drama, mm -hmm. school drama, didn't want to be an actor though. But uh, I was passing by a TV set one day and I said, I saw Walter Cronkite giving the news. I said, I can do that. Amazing. And so that's what kind of what got my interest going in that. So the lady at EKU in particular, Mrs. Wright, I think uh -huh. you said, did you ever have a chance to thank her for her influence in your life? I did. Um, I, before I graduated, I was able to thank her for numerous times for getting my career started. I wish I'd been able to really talk to her at length before she passed away. But that is one regret that I couldn't really communicate sure. fully to her my appreciation for the interest she took in me and uh, enough to get my career started at a very young age. Well, what a great reminder for those that we talk to, ministry leaders especially, that, that just with some intentionality, follow that instinct in somebody's life, you can sure make a difference in another person's life just by encouraging them and, and telling them what you see, the good things that you yeah, notice. Yeah, and along the way there have been people, there, one, people I, one person I should mention is my first boss, a guy named Rich Gimmel, who was my first news director who still, still lives here in town as a believer. He and his wife have been married many years, but he also took an interest in me and helped launch my career. So there are people along the way who will encourage you, mm -hmm. uh, speak truth to you. Um, we really need to appreciate those people. God Often uses, we don't do it at the time, absolutely. but we certainly need to. The Lord uses all kinds of people to get all of us in the place that we're, that we're in. All right, just for fun, what's something about you that maybe folks do not know and would be surprised to know? Um, when I was a kid, and into adulthood as well, I loved comic books. Yeah. Uh, I was a huge Superman fan. I used to run around my, our house when I was a kid with a towel around my neck <laughs> pretending to be Superman. And I still enjoy Superman movies, although I don't buy comic books anymore. But I still enjoy... It's okay if you want to buy a comic book, Lawrence. <laughs> I still enjoy superheroes, particularly Superman and Batman. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting thing that I, I didn't know until you had shared it uh, earlier. All-time favorite book, movie, food, something that you just, that you like that um, um, is interesting to know. My all-time, well, the book that has meant a lot to me is a book by R.C. Sproul called The Holiness oh, of yeah. God. That really, really Have you seen the videos? Have you, ever, have you watched the video series? I have watched the video yep. series, and, and to hear him tell that story of his encounter and that, 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 that chapel one, one night is just chilling. Mm -hmm. But that book would mean a lot to me. Um, my favorite food is probably fried chicken. Really? Yeah. But I can't eat it that much anymore because yeah. of, of the waistline. <laughs> but my mother used to make a, 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 uh, a, a chicken and noodle dish that I loved. Um, so that was probably my, my favorite meal growing up. And whatever my wife makes is great as well. I should put that in there. That and Garnetta's, I mean, she's she a cooks. great cook. She, she is an absolutely great cook. So, um, and she and she cooks healthy, so that's good. Um, what was that the the, 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 a movie. Favorite, the Mo favorite movie? Yeah. Of course, going back to my childhood, the original Superman movie wow. that came out in 1970. 
Six, I think, is my all-time favorite movie well, you, with, with Christopher Reeves. You just have a brand new fan club right right now. <laughs> There's some folks that are just appreciative of you based on what you what you just said. Uh, Lawrence, last question. You help promote the, th the events that KBC puts on. Uh, one of those coming up on March 14th and 15th mm -hmm. is REACH. Uh, you'll be part of that. What are you looking most forward to about, about REACH? A couple of things. Learning, for one, because this will be the big first big event that I've been involved in, so I'm very interested to kind of see how it works. But also, I'm really looking forward to meeting the pastors and others who will mm -hmm. who will come there, making connections and learning their stories. And, and they'll always you know, be people that we can talk to for future stories. But uh, but learning learning about these big events, but also meeting the people who come are what I'm looking forward to most. And working with this great team that I inherited here at the KBC. They really are a great team, and you're a great leader for them, and we're grateful for the Lord bringing you to work with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Kentucky Baptists who already know you, or we're appreciative of you coming on board as our communications director. Those who are getting to know you will be equally appreciative. Lawrence, thank you for joining Leadership Lessons. Thank you for letting me ask you these questions. Thank you for your ministry to Kentucky Baptist churches. Well, thank you. I, I, I enjoy being here and thoroughly enjoy talking to you. Thanks for listening to Leadership Lessons. This program is made possible by the generous contributions by Kentucky Baptist through the cooperative program. For more information about the Kentucky Baptist Convention, go to kybaptist.org. And for news about how Kentucky Baptist churches are making a difference, go to kentuckytoday.com.